Date Night Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Russell. With me is my co-host, Ashley Russell. Hi, hi. Normally, this is a show where each week, Ashley and I, we would talk about a new movie that's playing in theaters. But since theaters are currently closed due to the pandemic, we're going to be talking about what we've been watching here at home. And on this episode, we're talking about a pair of movies from director John Carpenter. The first is 1988's They Live, which stars Roddy Piper and Keith David. And after that, we'll be talking about 1995's In the Mouth of Madness, starring Sam Neill. I've seen both of these, although I'm not super familiar with them, but these are both uh, new to you. Oh, yeah. I've never (laughs) seen these before and never would have picked them out for myself. You don't seek these kinds of movies out. Not really. No. Like sci-fi horror stuff. Well, I love sci-fi and I love like sci-fi fantasy. Right. A movie like They Live is kind of hard to classify because it's not a straight horror film. No, there's there's some comedy bits to it. Definitely some comedy. Um, it was it was interesting. I, I'm. I... <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's just talk about John Carpenter for a second. I mean, these were both directed by him. When you normally think of him, you think of I guess top of the list are movies like Halloween and uh, The Thing. Those are both uh, iconic. Classic horror movies. Uh, you know, I just, I realized just a few years ago, just kind of uh, going through his filmography, his filmography is filled with these original, offbeat, quirky, cult gems. Yes. And so, yeah, he's got quite a filmography, this guy. He had a run from like the 70s to the early 90s. Um, and he really hasn't done anything since, or is he passed on? Well, <laughs> he passed. He's still alive. Okay. He's, he's on Twitter. Okay. Uh, I think what he's doing, he's making music. Okay. I think he still makes music. Um, yeah, I think he provides some music for some soundtracks. You know, he did some music for the the latest Halloween update. Yeah, he. I think he plays a lot of video games. <laughs> he seems like a super <laughs> cool dude. You honestly. know, I mean, you you make all these movies he's, before. Like he's probably like. I mean, his movies smoking are smoking weed and sure. playing games. Get, get, and... get the game going. Get the bong going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his movies clearly um, have a lot of influence uh, yeah. that carries over today. I mean, you see that influence in so much of today's media. You'd have to be on something in order to like create the things that he's created. I mean, just these past two movies. I mean, they're they're out there. He uh, he wrote They Live. He didn't write In the Mouth of Madness. That was written by uh, Mike DeLuca. But yeah, he usually does write most of his stuff. And not only that, he's a he, he writes the music yeah. on most of his movies. Almost all of his movies. I mean, and these aren't like like junky throwaway scores. These are, I mean, when you think of Halloween, you think of that iconic piano. Yeah. So, I mean, this guy ha- has some talent. But let's, well, let's talk about They Live. The IMDb plot summary reads, A drifter discovers a pair of sunglasses that allow him to wake up to the fact that aliens have taken over the Earth. This movie has an 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow, that's that's a lot. You're real surprised. I am. Seems a little low to me. Oh, boy. Let's get that into the 90s, right? (laughs) So, and and, uh, in 1988, it made about $13 which is not much, but this was a pretty low-budget movie. I'm sure over the past 30 years of, like, home video re-releases, this thing has made some kind of profit, I'm sure. But it wasn't wasn't huge uh, when it was released. Neither was In the Mouth of Madness. These are both cult movies. Yeah. Uh, You know, the audience has grown for these over time. So, yeah, what what, what did you think of this flick? (laughs) Well, first off, it was very strange. Yeah. And, you know... It stars Roddy Piper. Well, yeah, the lead actor... 
is a wrestler. <laughs> he's, a wrestler. he's a wrestler. Like professional wrestler. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, he doesn't really have many lines. I mean, this is his most noteworthy acting role. And I think John Carpenter knows kind of what he's dealing with. He knows yeah. the limitations of this guy. And I think he uses him to pretty strong advantage because he's he has some charisma. He's kind of he fun- does have charisma. Funky. Yeah, <laughs> he's a little offbeat. He's not the Rock by any by right. any means. But he delivers some some yeah. funky lines. I mean, he has some, some oh ridiculous lines. Crazy, <laughs> crazy lines. Yeah, so something like like Mama don't don't want like no tattletales or something like well, he's got like a shotgun. Mama don't like tattletales. And the best is you remember that right? He's yeah. saying ridiculous shit. Oh my and God. he has one line like when he goes into a bank. He's like, I came here to kick ass and chew bubble gum. Oh my God! Yes. Oh my God! Gum. I was like, what? I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubble. Gum. Oh, oh. <laughs> I mean that's that's the kind of movie this is. It's it's pure '80s cheese. It is pure '80s cheese. But I think that this movie ha- has some stuff on its mind. It's dealing with consumerism. It's dealing with uh, the idea of free will. Uh, you know, capitalism, marketing. Well, it's taking capitalism and and making people feel like they are still in a capitalist society, but. In all actuality, it's brain... being run by aliens. Well, they're brainwashing you into really feel like everything's okay, and to buy, buy, buy. So you can see why the themes of this movie have kind of resonated over the years, because that's still a potent theme. But yeah, this uh, this movie it kicks off. He's he's just a drifter, just wandering through like a rail yard. You know, he gets into like this homeless camp. Yeah, looks like they're in L.A. And he meets up with Keith David. Yeah. They get work on like a construction, construction zone. Yeah. site. And they kind of become friends. And then one night he kind of gets hip to. Well, he starts putting his nose in the, and, you know, being nosy and like, someone's, okay, somebody's going into a church. Someone's hacking the transmission, right? Yeah. And yeah, and he follows them into a church. They're trying to get the word out that people are being brainwashed. Yeah. Correct. And. It's through this group where he discovers the box of glasses, right? I think this group, they were going to distribute these glasses. Yes. But they get raided by the cops. They do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the cops just tear through this this poor little camp. It <laughs> just destroys it everything. It was awful. Pretty, yeah. Pretty I'm upsetting. Like, that's it, a little brutal. But I mean, just, I guess the image of cops pressing down on lower income people. There you go. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, the, the imagery has potency. Yeah. So, yeah, in the aftermath of that, our hero, whose name is Nada, John Nada. John Nada. <laughs> Roddy Piper, he plays John Nada. He he finds this box of sunglasses. Yep. And he puts them on. And as soon as he does, everything looks black and white. And he sees advertisements. He sees the subliminal message behind yeah. advertisements. Get married. Have kids. Obey. Consume. Ob- exactly. Yeah. And... He also sees that certain people look like skeletal zombie aliens. I mean, they look like puppets. From they do. They from don't like look a, scary. It's just, it's weird. Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, the effect isn't scary. I mean, John Carpenter he knows how to scare you. If he if he wants to scare you, that's not the effect he's going for. It's it's not slick, right? Like if this movie were made today, it would be like digital effects. It'd it be, would be. It'd be yeah. a lot slicker. This movie has a real shaggy kind of charm. You're looking at me like that's being charitable. 
But it's, I mean, part, it's I, part of this movie's appeal. But you know what? I, I understand it, and I get it, because, I mean, he used what he had in the 80s. I mean, so this yeah. is the effects that were in the 80s, and it was actually pretty uh, ambitious project, in my opinion, yeah. for the 80s. For sure, yeah. And he just he gets hip to all these aliens that are among him. I mean, that leads him to various people. Well, yeah, and he joins the rebellion. And there's um, there's one character named Holly. She, at one point, she just punches him straight out of a window. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoa. It's but like, yeah. Everything's fine. And then so she's he the, flying out a window. Yeah, so he kidnaps her, unbeknownst to him that she was the program director for the cable news station, which all of the... They're the one broadcasting. They're the one broadcasting the alien signal. You know, you think she's bad, and then you think she's good because you find her at a well. She seems a rebel rally. She seems suspicious of him because he's acting all crazy. I guess when he puts the glasses on, she doesn't look like an alien. She's human. Okay, but she's working. We find out very end. She's working for the. For the aliens, I thought that was a pretty good twist. It was a good twist, and you you find out that plausible. a lot of the, it, it holds up. the human there there's some humans that were working with the aliens, right? You know, conglomerates and things like that. But with her, yeah, it does go kind of back and forth. At first, you think she's okay, yeah, and yeah, that turns out to not be the case. <laughs> yeah, big spoiler. <laughs> sure, I mean, thirty year old movie. You I know. mean, she she ends up being the bad guy. But doesn't she get one to the face or something? Like, she dies at the end. I, I thought they both died. Or am I, like, mistaken? He, yeah, he kills Holly, but I think she kills Frank, the the Keith David character. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he, he does kill her. But uh, Roddy Piper, he dies at the end. Yeah. But so, he, he fulfills I mean, his mission. He fulfills his mission. And, yeah. and you know, I mean, I, I give it to the filmmaker it's a risk killing their their big character at the end. Yeah, I, this movie doesn't really feel compromised in any mm-hmm. kind of way. It doesn't feel like you know studio came in with a lot of notes and no note, note to death. Like I had to play to test audiences. This movie is its own funky idiosyncratic creation. I mean, it, the score it's got like this kind of driving guitar score. It, it's just its own thing. Would you compare this to like Mars Attacks? It's I mean, but it's, like Mars Attacks after they've invaded. Right, and Mars Attacks is more of a straight comedy, and yeah, and sa- like satire. Towards the end, we're we're meant to take it pretty seriously. Like he and Frank, they go on a killing spree. <laughs> they do, and, and it's not the... played for just chuckles. Well, and at the end, they they destroy the satellite, which is yeah, knocking the whole signal, and everybody could see the aliens in full form, and. Even on TV and and all of that. With the transmitter destroyed, yeah, humans, they get hip to the aliens among them. Yeah. So, yeah, he kind of like um, like a suicide mission that he went on mm-hmm. to, to wake the world up. I mean, you can see how movies like The Matrix w- would be influenced by some of the... I could see that. Uh, you know, unplugging people from The Matrix that they're connected into, the false reality. I mean, the movie... Yeah, I think that's what makes it different from something like Mars Attacks. This movie... The themes are meant to be taken seriously. I mean, it's nothing in Mars Attacks is meant to be taken seriously. Uh, I mean, this movie does have things that you can invest in, uh, yeah. I think. And we didn't even talk about, like, when, you know, Roddy Piper and Keith David, when they reunite and, like, the alleyway. Oh, and then they're... they're uh, He's trying to get him to put the, the glasses on. And, and he, refi- like, 
<laughs> straight up refuses. So that leads to maybe like a 10, 15 minute long yeah, that was beat a, down. That was a, a little long. <laughs> It's one of those like you think it's over, like but they can't, it, yeah, they can't move anymore. They're just beaten to a pulp, and then it just it starts back up again, <laughs> and that happens like three or four times. <laughs> it's awesome that this fight just keeps going. It's just it goes so long, it defies logic, yeah, reason. Oh yeah, I mean, like why don't you just put the glasses on? Like give me just, a break. Well, like, just like, do it before, like instead of breaking a rib, you know, just put the fucking glasses on. Does he have to like force the glasses on him? Like he's too beaten down to yeah. move. Yes, <laughs> he just puts it on him. It's like I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't well, know I what's it, really there. Well, I think that. It, ties into free will and yeah not wanting to be controlled or you know forced to do anything or see anything against your will so yeah i mean this movie's a whole lot of fun what um i mean what 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 are your thoughts you've never seen this yeah new favorite it's not so what okay so what are are your issues shocker what are your issues what's wrong with this movie i didn't like the lead actor and i didn't like holly i didn't like her character But we were just talking about, you know, what an effective twist. I didn't twist. like her as an actress. The actress playing her. Yeah, I just didn't think that. The I actress mean, is Meg Foster. Yeah, I just, I thought it was poorly cast. Okay. Um, That's fair. But I, I mean, mean, you know, I take into consideration that it's not a, you know, 2020 effects driven movie. I mean, this is a 30 year old movie. Yeah. But I do give credit. I mean, this is an original. Yeah. I mean, this is... Total original. It's quirky. It, it's fun. I mean... Yeah. I wouldn't say it's my best movie. It's not my worst movie. <laughs> do, you have, do you have a worst movie? Like, if mm. someone's like, what's the worst movie you've oh ever seen? Oh, my God. Yeah, Mother. With Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. That, that's the worst movie you've that, ever seen. That, I, I can't. Oh, my God. <sighs> F. <laughs> this movie, I'd give it a B-. minus. B minus. Okay. So, we're still in the B territory. I mean, B, C plus. Oh, you said B minus. I did say B minus, so but it's like one point away we'll, from being we'll a C with plus. That. Stick with the B minus. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm giving this an A. Because <laughs> yeah. I love it. A for awesome. <laughs> oh, gee. Uh, yeah, this, this movie's just fun. And but not the... a date movie, though. Well, no. No. Okay. I, I wouldn't say this is a date movie. I mean, if your date is into, I mean, quirky I mean, action can... comedy sci-fi cult flicks, then yeah, it's a great date movie. But that's, but you're not, you're not into that. No, this would not be a good date movie for most women. That's fair. That's fair. And coming from the girl that loves Lord of the Rings and I mean, like I love sure. sci-fi crap. With a different lead, would this have worked better for you? Maybe. Like Chris Pratt. Type? Yeah. I like Roddy Piper. I, I think he, he, he has his own charm. And he he has his own way with these iconic lines. These lines are iconic. <laughs> I've never heard of them before. I, How are I they came iconic? here to kick ass and, and chew bubble gum. I mean, now I've heard him. Mm. I mean, that and now may, you'll never forget it. That may be my <laughs> my slogan going forward. I'm here to kick ass and chew bubble gum. Yeah. So you see how great this is. <laughs> Uh, but I guess not not a great date movie. I don't think it's a great date movie. Unfortunately. No, I mean, I wouldn't think Mars Attacks would be a good date movie. No. But again, I, I, again, I wouldn't... I, wouldn't, I, I don't Mars know why, Attacks isn't I, quite the comparison I don't know I why I, I put... I guess maybe because the, the visual effects are kind of the same. <laughs> Mars Attacks is digital. I mean, that's it is doing digital. Computer effects. Yeah. It's, yeah. 
I don't know. They look I the same. I prefer this. Uh, I mean, Mars Attacks is uh, okay. I prefer this uh, way better to Mars yeah. Attacks. I haven't seen Mars Attacks in a while. It's pretty fun. I, I don't know why. I keep, like. I feel like there's a comparison between these two movies in my head. This is the better uh, of the two. So, honestly, there aren't many movies like this one. There's not. We can agree, we can no, agree on yeah. that. So, props, to, props yeah. to John Carpenter for that. Why don't we take a quick break? When we come back, we'll talk about In the Mouth of Madness. All right, we're back, and we're going to talk about In the Mouth of Madness. The IMDb plot summary reads, An insurance investigator begins discovering that the impact a horror writer's books have on his fans is more than inspirational. This movie has a 59% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it made about $8 million <laughs> back in 1995. Oh, that sucks. That's like, yeah, that's... It's what thirty million here now in this in this currency. I guess yeah, I guess so. That's not a lot of people Mm-mm. showing up. Um, it's a shame because this movie's pretty great. It's a good movie. I mean, it's suspenseful. It's it has a nice kind of like looping structure. Yeah, to it that that I really dig. So this movie it starts in an insane asylum where Sam Neill's character John Trent he's a patient being treated. And he recounts uh, the story of how he got put in there. And so a big portion of this movie is kind of structured like a flashback. But the basic setup is that Sam Neill, he's hired to investigate the disappearance of Sutter Kane, a horror novelist. Not unlike Stephen King. Those type of novels. Julie Carmen plays Kane's book editor. And she accompanies Sam Neill on this journey. And um, then shit gets weird. I mean, that's that's what it is. Shit, so, gets, shit gets real weird. As soon, as soon as they get to Hobbs End, I mean, it's like they go through like an interdimensional portal almost. Yeah. <laughs> and they're literally inside the author's story. Yep. Is, in, in the book. And, and yeah, the author is... He's played by Jürgen Prock now. I think he's the devil or like a demon. Well, I, I think he's controlled by demons. Okay. I believe those monsters. I, be, I believe he's working for those monsters that gets revealed. Yeah, I mean, at the by end. hell or you know whatever. But yeah, he's got he's got some satanic. But there, vibe going his on. his books started to become like they're driving people crazy. They're driving people insane. Yeah. Yeah. And they're they're bringing and this book is going to be bringing on the end of the world. And the book is called In the Mouth of Madness. Yeah. So, yeah, he owes, I guess, the manuscript to the publisher. And the publisher's editor is played by Charlton Heston. Yeah. Always nice to see him, I guess. Sure. And the author is, I mean, it's late delivering the manuscript. It looks like like they're already promoting it pretty heavily. Yeah. Like they have a full advertising push already underway. So the agent comes up to John Trent with an axe. Right. And he's like, what the hell's going on? He like breaks through a restaurant glass with an axe. The agent, <laughs> it turns out, read the book and know that John Trent has got a big part to play. And he wants to stop the world from ending. But you don't know that until... Right. Right. At first, it's just, who is this lunatic? We just yeah. find out that he was driven insane uh, after reading this book. And so, yeah, that's what kind of kicks off, you know, Charlton Heston sending him off along with Julie Carmen. So... I mean, so much crazy shit happens. 
there's you know once they check into this hotel there's uh like the the old lady oh she's great the happy I, gilmore lady yeah she's happy in, gilmore's grandma she, but she's in like a paranormal activity i mean she's in sure. like i don't know if she's in paranormal activity. well no what's the other one she's she's in you're thinking of insidious yeah this is a different actress no yeah that's lynn shay yeah, yeah, not Lynn Shay. Uh, this is Frances Bay. Yeah, and yeah, she's I know her best uh, from Happy Gilmore. Yeah, she's she has a couple of really good, creepy, effective scenes here, and there's kind of like a re reoccurring gag with uh, this painting in like the hotel lobby. Yeah, that keeps changing to sort of reflect like what's about to happen. Is that what it's doing? Yeah, and it's pretty creepy. It is super creepy. Like, it's, they come in and then... Well, and it looks like figures that, that resemble them yeah. in the painting. And, yeah, we eventually meet Sutter Kane. He, he's introduced, like, unleashing dogs on people. Yeah. Like, he he is <laughs> like holed his, up in a, like, satanical church. Sa- satanic temple, I guess, is where he's, he's writing his... Uh, his memoir. His manifesto. You know, we see Jurgen Prock now just kind of open these doors and these dogs rush out and start, like, attacking people. And, yeah. And the kids, like, (laughs) disfigured faces and, like... Well, the the girl, Julie Carmen, she, like, she reads the book. Yeah. Right? And so she starts going crazy. Is that... Yeah. Is that sort of what happens? But I think she didn't exist. Right, probably, yeah, probably not, because, it, yeah. I mean, well, things... at the end, Charles Heston's character said, I don't know who this person is. I don't know who the girl is. She never existed. By the end, he doesn't even remember turning in the manuscript. No. So, like, he had, like, a blackout of time like during his escape. Like, a pretty cool climactic scene where he's, like, running away from these monsters down, like, a, a long hallway. And I, I believe, like, what I'm seeing on Wikipedia is at one point Kane explains that the public's belief in his stories has freed an ancient race of monstrous beings which will reclaim the earth. Yeah. And so that's where we get these monsters. And these are pretty cool looking monsters. I mean, you kind of have to like pause the Blu-ray to really like get a good look at them, but they're I mean, good puppets. I will I will say Yeah, this it's is some like... practical puppet work and it's pretty creepy and nightmarish and I mean, this is John Carpenter He's he's tapping into some of the disturbing imagery he did in the thing. You know, at one point, like, isn't she like crawling around on her hands backwards? Yeah, like, like her head turned around. That's like straight from the thing. It, yeah, it's just very effectively creepy and unnerving. This whole movie is just kind of creepy and unnerving the entire time. It's yeah, just, it's putting you on edge. It, it, it does a good job not, putting you on edge. Yeah, it's not necessarily. I don't think it'd be. Gory. It's is not it? super gory. I mean, there's there's some gore. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not. I mean, it's yeah, it's called in the mouth of madness. I mean, the old the old lady <laughs> just hacked up her husband. There's oh yeah, another cool oh. scene when he goes by. Um, yeah, Francis Bay has <laughs> gone. Awesome. Yeah, that, again, like it's kind of straight out of the thing where she's like got tentacles and she's yeah. like hacking up her husband. The one scene ends where like the camera like tilts down she's acted all weird and the camera like tilts down all the way to like her feet yeah and her like her husband like naked handcuffed to her ankle or something yeah and you're like what the hell is going on and then the next scene she's like a monster and this this movie it doesn't really play by any sort of logical rules Mm -hmm. it's 
it's working on dream logic and so it, it gives a sense of like it, anything can kind of happen but there's a certain a certain coherence and yeah. it kind of loops all the way around but yeah before we talk about the ending what um i mean you hadn't seen this before what what did you think i mean i liked it it That's was good. interesting interesting story i mean it kept me on my toes it was a really cool part where John Kent was trying to leave the city, but yet he kept coming back to the the mob of yeah. I mean, I don't know he keeps why he's getting like teleported back yeah. or something. Yeah, um, and he needs to. He realizes that he has to go through. Right, he has to drive right through them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot it's, of it's psychological. Gags. Like it's crazy. Like you think that you're going insane. Well, it's about madness. Yeah, yeah. By the end, like once we've like once we're back in the you know, mental ward and like everyone's and escaped. Life. Like yeah. it's like post-apocalyptic kind of. You hear something on the radio like it's a, a pandemic of of madness and and suicide. Or something. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's that's where we sort of end things off. It's um, it definitely. I mean, he's got a thing of not ending on good notes. <laughs> God bless him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Halloween and The Thing. Both Halloween and The Thing have very ambiguous yeah. endings. So, yeah. I mean, my, my hat's off to him. But, yeah, this ending is a doozy. He, um, you know, he didn't realize that he, he had turned in the manuscript. Yeah. Because he... He's in a trance He was determined yeah. not to because he knew how dangerous he, it, it was. And that's why, like, he started killing people on the street. And that's why he got put in the mental ward. After after he finds out that he got published, then he goes. Th- that's that's when he goes crazy. He starts hacking people up on the street with um, an axe. Right, <laughs> just axe a man right on the street. With it's an like axe. you like that book. <laughs> Good. And you know why I have to do this. <laughs> and Sam, Sam Neill is great in this. Yeah, Sam Neill is always great. I love him. Yeah, this is an, an underrated performance. Her, I could do without. Julie Carmen, I don't know what else she's done. To be honest, but yeah, she's she, she 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 was the weakest link. She's yeah, she's okay. Yeah, she's okay. She, yeah. she gets the job done. They yeah. they could have cast someone else, especially if you're going to do all these scenes yeah. with Sam Neill. Sam Neill's a high caliber actor. You yeah, know, get him a good a good a good partner. I don't know. I, I think chemistry has to do, has has to do a lot with it. Yeah, and I and I think the actresses that you know a lot of times get hired are not hired because of the chemistry. They're hired because of their looks. A lot of times very, very talented, maybe more capable actresses get looked over exactly. because they, they don't have the right look or, or whatever. But the movie overall, I would say, is great. And uh, one of the final little buttons on the film, you know, we find the movie's been adapted. or I'm sorry, the, the novel, In the Mouth of Madness, it's been adapted into a movie. Yeah, and so starring of, John Trent, like well, that's his life. One of the last scenes, he goes into a theater playing it. I don't know who the hell is playing it. It's yeah. just playing on the screen. And it's playing clips from the movie that we've just seen. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's playing a clip of him screaming like, this is reality. <laughs> <laughs> like The final image is him sitting in the theater just laughing hysterically, going crazy. <laughs> it's just ha- having like a breakdown in the yeah. theater. And it's, I mean, that's a great ending. That is a great ending. That's how you send them out. I'll give this movie an A-. minus. All right. There we go. So that's close to great. I mean, why did it get 59% on Rotten Tomatoes? I don't know. People are stupid. 
it's yeah, fun it's good fun time it is yeah it's a it's a horror movie that is that's fun because it's kind of like a roller coaster yeah i'm glad you enjoyed it uh, is this a good date movie yeah i think so there you go i mean we watched this in the middle of the day we did that's that's not how you want to do this it's no. like a nighttime movie <laughs> this is a lot to take in uh like a middle of a sunday afternoon <laughs> one thing i want to point out both of these movies they live and in the mouth of madness in the 90 minute range they're both like uh, love around, it around like yeah, both under 100 minutes yeah didn't care for they live but you enjoyed in the mouth i mean one out of two that's not bad not bad you'll you'll rewatch they live down the road I don't, and yeah. you're you're gonna get some more mileage out of it i don't think so and that's our show you can find more episodes at anchor.fm slash movie date night as well as on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're on Twitter at DN Movie Podcast, and you can also email us at date night movie podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Patrick. I'm Ashley. Thanks for listening. Bye.